Now Suhail, remember, he was a very senior leader and he was known as Khatibul Quraysh, their speaker, their orator. Remember I mentioned to you earlier, a man was captured right, as a prisoner of war in the battle of Badr. Right? And somebody suggested, that somebody happened to be Umar anhu, by the way, that this man, Suhail, his teeth should be broken or according to other reports, his tongue should be cut out so that he cannot say anything about the Muslims. And the Prophet ﷺ said, no, we're not going to do that. We don't do that. Right? So this was Suhail bin Amr. He was released after the battle of Badr. Alright? He was taken in as prisoner and then he was released after that. And now he's coming to negotiate. It's amazing. Imagine if his tongue had been cut off. Would he be able to come and negotiate this? No, he wouldn't be. So what happened? Suhail came and he started talking to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, please conclude a treaty with us. Let's do some sulh. Who's offering it? Who's offering it? It's the mushrikeen. So who's in a position of weakness? Is it the Muslims or the mushrikeen? It's the mushrikeen. Because they are eager for sulh. They don't want the battle. And that's exactly what the Muslims were commanded in Surah Muhammad. Right? That out of weakness, don't call to salm. Alright? So what happened? The Prophet ﷺ said, okay. He called his, his scribe. And who was a scribe? Ali radiallahu anhu. And he started dictating. You see over here, the Prophet ﷺ took charge. He said, write, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. So Hail, he interrupted. He said, Allah, we know. Ar Rahman, we don't know. They didn't recognize the name of Allah Ar-Rahman. So he said, write, Bismik Allahum. And what happened? The Prophet ﷺ said, okay, fine. Bismik Allahum. That was written. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, write, this is the peace treaty which Muhammad, the messenger of Allah ﷺ has concluded. And before he could finish, Suhail interrupted again. He said, if we knew you to be the messenger of Allah, we wouldn't be doing this. I said, now what? Just write Muhammad. Right? With your family name, as is written. And, you know, the incident where Ali radiallahu anhu was not willing to remove, erase Rasulullah himself, because he had already written it. And then the Prophet ﷺ asked him where it was written. And then he was shown where the words Rasulullah were written, and the Prophet ﷺ erased them himself. Himself, because Ali radiallahu anhu couldn't. Anyway, the treaty was concluded. What were the terms of the treaty? As you are familiar, firstly, no Umrah this year. The Muslims would return and come back the next year to perform Umrah. And this was very hard for the Muslims to accept because the Prophet ﷺ had a dream. 1400 of them had come. They had brought their animals. They had come through such a hard way. They had been waiting in Hudaybiyah, negotiating. And now they go back without Umrah? This would be so difficult. This was very difficult for the Muslims to accept. But the Prophet ﷺ accepted this for greater good. The second thing was that the Umrah, Muslims would perform it then the following year. And a time limit was set. Right, certain number of days. Within those days, you have to perform Umrah and leave. And for that time, the Makkans will basically vacate the city. All right. So basically they're saying, you know what, we don't trust you. We don't trust you. So you're allowed to come the next year for these days only. And while you're here, we're going to leave the city. Because we don't trust you. 
There was another thing. And what was that? It didn't stop here. So Hail, he said, we also stipulate that you should return to us whoever comes to you from us. Even if he embraces your religion. Meaning any person who leaves Makkah, accepts Islam and goes to you in Medina, you have to return him to us. You have to return him to us. Now, the Muslims, they spoke up over here. They said, subhanallah, how can that be? How can that be? We're not going to accept this. And as this discussion is going on, somebody comes running. And who is that somebody? The son of Suhail bin Amr. Abu Jandal radiallahu anhu. Who had been imprisoned in his own house by his father because of his Islam. And Abu Jandal as he came, he said, what's going on? You're just going to agree that you're going to return all the Muslims? I mean, any Muslim who flees from Makkah, you're going to have to return him? Are you going to agree to that? The Prophet ﷺ, he didn't want to accept this. And Suhail, he said, this is it. If you accept it, then the treaty will be concluded. If you don't accept it, no treaty. So basically he was pressuring the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ said, okay, make an exception. Sister Abu Jandal. Make an exception. And he said, no. He became stubborn over here. Now as this discussion is going on, Umar anhu, he goes up to Abu Jandal and he points to him, you know, here, see my, my weapon, my sword? Right? Doesn't say anything, just looks at it, looks at Abu Jandal. Because Umar anhu is in ihram. Muslims are in ihram. So basically he's telling Abu Jandal, take it and be done with it. Suhail and Mikras are just two people here. Be done with it, finish them. And Abu Jandal, he didn't do it. Because it was his father. How could he? It was his own father. The discussion went on. More conditions were stipulated. And the Muslims were really not happy. Abu Jandal was returned basically. And this scene is very emotional about how Abu Jandal was returned. Another condition was that peace for 10 years. So no battle between the mushrikeen of Makkah and the Muslims for the next 10 years. Another stipulation was that both sides, meaning the Muslims and the mushrikeen, can engage with alliances with any tribes. And the conditions of the treaty would apply to them also. So basically if the Muslims have another tribe as their allies, then they cannot fight the people of Makkah. You understand? Likewise, if the people of Makkah have another tribe as their allies, then they cannot fight the Muslims for the next 10 years. Now, clearly, this treaty was not in favor of the Muslims at all. Isn't it? The very first thing that they would have to go back to Medina, not allowed to do Umrah. Can you imagine being returned from the gates of Makkah? Can you imagine? This was very difficult. That itself was not fair. Then, the fact that any Muslim who leaves Makkah now has to be returned, this was not acceptable. The Muslims were very, very upset. They were very sad. The treaty was concluded. Suhail went. The Prophet ﷺ basically, he told the Sahaba, get out of your state of ihram. Let's go back now. Right? Get out of your state of ihram, as in slaughter your animals, cut or shave your hair, and let's go back. But nobody was willing to do that. Umar anhu, he verbalized what was in the minds of the Muslims. He went to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, aren't you truly the messenger of Allah? He said, yes. He said, isn't our cause just? Aren't we upon the truth and our enemy upon falsehood? 
I mean, aren't we right and they're supposed to be wrong? And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes. He said, then why should we be humble? Why should we be weak? He said, if we're right and they're wrong, why should we be weak? The Prophet ﷺ said, I am Allah's messenger and I do not disobey Allah. Meaning I accepted this only because Allah commanded me. And Allah will make me victorious because this is His deen. Umar anhu, he was still very, very upset inside. He said, didn't you tell us that we would go to the Kaaba and perform tawaf around it? And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes. But did I tell you that we would do it this year? He said, no. They said, then you will perform tawaf around it next year. Umar anhu was still very restless inside. So he went to Abu Bakr who asked him the same questions. And Abu Bakr who said, Ayyuhal Rajul. Man, he is Allah's messenger. And he does not disobey his Lord. And Allah will make him victorious. فَاسْتَمْسِكْ بِغَرْزِهِ Hang on to the stirrup of his saddle. Meaning, don't leave the Prophet ﷺ. What are you saying? It is said that Umar who later on in his life, he performed so many actions, so many good deeds as expiation for the improper questions that he asked the Prophet ﷺ. He felt so guilty about this. But we see that despite the disagreement that he had, he obeyed the Prophet ﷺ. Now, the Prophet ﷺ told the Sahaba, come out of your state of ihram, slaughter your animals, shave your hair. Nobody listened. Nobody listened. Why? Because they were depressed. And secondly, this was something that had never happened before. When you go for Umrah, you go for Umrah. You don't stop halfway and go back home. It doesn't happen. Especially for people of Arabia. I mean, this was unheard of. So this would be the first time somebody would be coming out of the state of Ihram without performing Umrah or Hajj. Alright? So this was something very difficult. So... The Prophet ﷺ, he repeated, exit the state of ihram. Nobody listened. He said several times, nobody listened. The Prophet ﷺ went to Umm Salama and she said that why don't you do it yourself and they will follow you. And that's exactly what happened. The Prophet ﷺ went out, he shaved his hair, slaughtered his animals, and everybody started doing it. And then they became so involved in it, you know, trimming each other's hair and shaving each other's hair, that in hadith we learn that there was so much rush that there was a danger of killing each other. <laughs> Meaning somebody could get hurt. There were so many knives and you know, so many scissors and whatnot, blades out, that somebody could get hurt. Imagine 1400 people. The Prophet ﷺ, he stayed in Hudaybiyah for how many days? This entire trip took 20 days. Can you imagine waiting outside Mecca for 20 days and no Umrah? And then as they made their way back to Medina without having performed Umrah, but with the Sulh Hudaybiyah, as they're making their way back to Medina, Umar anhu, he goes to the Prophet ﷺ in order to apologize. He goes to him and he seeks permission to speak to him. The Prophet ﷺ didn't answer him. No answer. Umar who tried again. No answer. He tried again. No answer. Umar who said, at that time he felt like he was in a lot of trouble. 
He was afraid that something was going to be revealed concerning him and this would be his end. So Umar radiallahu anhu said, you know what? Get as far as possible. You know, away from the Muslims as far as possible. You know, hide basically. So as he's attempting to run away on his horse, he's called. And as he goes to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was smiling and he said, tonight there has been revealed to me a surah which is dearer to me than all the things on which the sun rises. Anything upon which the sun rises, yeah, it may be good. But you know what? This surah that Allah has revealed to me is more beloved to me. I like it even more than that. And then he recited, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. إِنَّا فَتَحْنَا لَكَ فَتْحًا مُبِينًا Indeed, we have given you a clear conquest. We have given you a clear victory. This is victory that we have already given you. You think you just humbled yourself because of your religion? No, you have not accepted disgrace. You have not accepted weakness. In reality, Allah has just given you victory. إِنَّا فَتَحْنَا لَكَ فَتَحْنَا فَتَحَ فَتْحْ Fath is victory. But what does the word actually mean? Fath is basically to remove the lock from something. So basically when something is locked, you unlock it. You open it up. You open what was closed. And this can be both in, in a tangible sense as well as in an intangible sense. Tangible sense like a door is closed. So fataha, you open it. Intangible meaning an opportunity is not there. You're not able to do something. And then you get that opportunity. That is fatah. There is confusion. A matter is not clear to you. And then you get clarity. That is fatah. So inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. Fatham mubina. Mubina is what? Clear, evident, manifest. It's not hidden. A conquest? A victory? Yes. The treaty of Hudaybiyah was apparently a defeat and a loss. But Allah calls it a victory. Hudaybiyah meant great compromise for the Muslims. They had to make a lot of compromises. But it was because of those compromises that Allah opened the doors, the gates for success, for future success. And this is why Allah calls it Fatham Mubina, a clear conquest. How was this a clear conquest? It's evident. Because the Treaty of Hudaybiyah firstly meant that the mushrikeen were recognizing the Muslims as a people. Up until this point, they didn't even recognize them as a people of a particular religion. They would refer to the Muslims as sabit, meaning people who don't have a religion, people who've left their religion, so they're basically upon nothing. They didn't even acknowledge the religion of Islam. They didn't even accept the leadership of Muhammad wasallam over them. They didn't accept it. But the fact that they entered a treaty with them meant that they recognized the Muslims as a people. And then... They, you know, the treaty, one of the stipulations was that the Muslims could have alliances with anyone, with any tribe. Another stipulation was that there would be no battle for the next 10 years. 
And that allowed the Prophet ﷺ to focus on other things. Because up until this point, what were the Muslims doing basically? Constantly defending themselves against who? The people of Makkah. Badr, Uhud, Ahzab, one after the other, so many battles. And these are just the major ones. In the middle, so many more happened. So, after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, the Prophet ﷺ was able to send letters to the different kings. He was able to do da'wah. Right? And then we see that it was the mushrikeen of Makkah who violated the treaty that resulted in the conquest of Makkah. If it wasn't for the treaty of Hudaybiyah, there would be no violation of that treaty. If there would be no Fath Makkah. So, inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. The Muslims didn't know about the conquest of Makkah at this point. But Allah says, this is clear victory. لِيَغْفِرَ So he may forgive. As a result, he will forgive. Lam over here is of aqibah. It is of consequence. Meaning because of this event, because of this treaty of Hudaybiyah that has just happened, because of this fath that Allah has given you, what will happen? يَغْفِرَ لَكَ He will forgive you. Who will forgive you? Allahu Allah. Allah will forgive you, O Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Forgive you for what? مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِكَ Whatever has proceeded of your sins. تَقَدَّمَ قَافْ دَالْ مِيمْ تَقَدُّمْ is when something is sent ahead. Something is forwarded. Meaning whatever sins that have been committed thus far will be forgiven. وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ And whatever will follow. تَأَخَّرَ Deferred. Delayed. Hamza خَارَ تَأْخِير تَأَخُر So, Allah will forgive you all of your sins. Those that have preceded and those that will follow. Those that have already been done and those that will be done. Allah has completely forgiven you. Allah has bestowed His forgiveness upon you, O Messenger وَيُتِمَّ And He will complete and perfect. نِعْمَتَهُ His blessing. Which blessing, which favor of Islam alayka upon you. Because of this sulh, because of this fath, Allah will perfect the religion of Islam for you. Because of this fath, وَيَهْدِيَكَ صِرَاطًا مُسْتَقِيمًا He will guide you to the straight path. Sulh Hudaybiyah was very difficult for the Muslims. Physically, financially, emotionally. Very, very difficult. But what is Allah saying? It is through this hardship that Allah will bring you so many benefits. What benefits? Firstly, realize this is a victory. You think a door has been closed? No. A gate has been opened for you. Fatham Mubina. This is a gate to so many opportunities, so many victories. So much more success in the future. Secondly, forgiveness. Because of this hardship, you will be forgiven. Why? Because when a person suffers in the way of Allah, then Allah forgives him his sins. We learn in the Quran, in Surah Saf, ayah 10 to 12, Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu. هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ عَلَىٰ تِجَارَةٍ تُنْجِيكُمْ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ All you who have believed, should I tell you about a trade that will 
save you from the painful punishment? Meaning a transaction which if you make, what you get out of it is that you will be saved from hell. What is that? تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَتُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ بِأَمْوَالِكُمْ وَأَنفُسِكُمْ ذَلِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ You believe in Allah, His Messenger. You strive in the way of Allah. And what will happen? يَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ Allah will forgive you your sins. And here also, Allah says, لِيَغْفِرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِن زَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ When a person strives in the way of Allah, then that striving brings him forgiveness. Now in particular, this is addressing the Prophet ﷺ because it's singular, you. But the application, the lesson is general. Because when a person is striving in the way of Allah, because of his striving, Allah will forgive him. Because that striving is not easy. There's so much hardship, so much sacrifice. I mean, look at the hardship that the Muslims went through at Sulhudaybiyah. Another favor, another benefit you have received from Sulhudaybiyah is that يُتِمُّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكَ Allah will complete His blessing of Islam upon you. How? That Allah will complete and perfect the deen. He will grant victory to His deen. He will assist His deen. And then, وَيَهْدِيَكَ صِرَاطًا مُسْتَقِيمًا He will guide you to the straight path. He will lead you to success. وَيَنْصُرَكَ اللَّهُ And Allah will help you. Allah will give you nasr. Meaning through this fath, Allah will give you nasr. What is nasr? To help and also victory. It also means victory. So يَنْصُرَكَ اللَّهُ Allah will help you. He will grant you victory. What kind of victory? نَصْرًا عَزِيزًا A nasr, a victory that will be aziz, mighty and glorious, after which there will be no humiliation. Allah will grant you nasran aziza. And what is this nasran aziza referring to? Fath Makkah. But the Muslims didn't know about it at this time. Fath Makkah came years later. So what is mentioned in these verses? That Hudaybiyah is the gateway to your success. Through it, Allah will grant you success. Because in this journey, you observed such beautiful and excellent patience that the rewards Allah will grant you will be endless. In Surah Az-Zumar, ayah number 10, Allah says, إِنَّمَا يُوَفَّ الصَّابِرُونَ أَجْرَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ Allah will give those who are patient their reward without any measure. So Hudaybiyah is not a loss. What is it? It is a victory. What's the lesson in this for all of us? What's the lesson in this? Yes. You might work for something good and you might strive really hard, but you might come back empty-handed just as the Sahaba and Prophet Muhammad but Allah called that Fat Mubina, you don't know what's going to be coming afterwards. Yes. Because your job is to take the first step. Your job is to do whatever is within your capacity. And once you've done it, that is your success. That is your victory. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, one is your plan and one is Allah's plan. Yes. So always be satisfied and have tawakkal in Allah. Yes. Sometimes you strive for something so hard and you don't get it and you feel so unaccomplished when you have accomplished so much. Yes. That on the surface it seems like a big loss 
whereas in reality it's a great accomplishment accept the doors that close and um, don't just sit in front of a door but actually find other doors that also open inshallah yes. accept the doors that have been closed and if a door has been closed that doesn't mean that your life has been closed for you no it's just one thing one thing that has been closed but there's so many more that Allah has opened fath fath it's an opening i think one of the biggest things is that don't just look at things the way they appear to be on the surface there's more to events and situations and things that happen in life than what we see we just see a closed door we just see an apparent loss but in reality it's not a loss you don't know what it will bring bismillah rahman rahim i think the great lesson for this was that inna ma'al usri yusra with the difficult there's also an ease and even though we might not ease know the ease at the moment then allah knows it yes very true with difficulty is ease and also if you think about it many times our success comes from where closed doors rejection right because we were not able to do one thing we look for something else and when we look for something else we give it our best and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings a success through that i mean hudaybiyah look at how much the muslims dislike the terms of the treaty i mean their dislike was so obvious that they interrupted they spoke up they spoke up whereas the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was negotiating on behalf of the muslims but they spoke up not just once but multiple times and after the treaty again they were upset and umar radhiyallahu anhu he voiced that anger and that frustration in the muslims he voiced it not just before the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam but also to abu bakr radhiyallahu anhu and it's understood it's natural to feel like that but while we are getting upset at what has happened we need to have hope in allah and believe with firm confidence and full faith that yes right now it's a temporary loss but through this loss allah will bring khair allah will bring goodness because we believe in al-qadr don't we what is al-qadr what is al-qadr that all good and evil is by whose permission with allah's permission in whose control in allah's control and when we believe in al-qadr we also believe part of believing in al-qadr is that there is nothing that is pure evil because our lord is allah and even if something appears to be evil and bad there is still good attached to it there is still good that will follow it on the surface it seems like a loss but there will be khair so have hope increase your hope Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. So as Sister Thamia is saying, the thing with the Quranic stories is that they're supposed to transcend the text itself and, and we're supposed to implement these lessons in our own lives. So that being said, um, we have a reflection activity for Surah Al-Fatih. So I'll just introduce it briefly, inshallah. So Surah Al-Fatih, this is about the victory that was a seeming loss, a defeat that was a beautiful opportunity for Muslims to open up avenues for da'wah. which led to the conquest of Mecca eventually a hidden beauty when all seems hopeless Allah opens up doors of opportunities for us so we have a reflection activity inshallah 
our perception of life and its hurdles can either make us or break us. It's all about how we think about the situation. In these times, having a correct thought process is imperative so that we do not become trapped in shaitan's web of negativity and instead rise above where Allah gives us chances and gems of hope to rise. Think of an experience in your life that seemed like a defeat, a setback, where it seemed like all doors were being closed around you and yet you survived it. And you can now reflect back on the purpose of that test. How was that situation for the best in actuality? Write your experience in either a prose style or either in a story form or in a poem style. Inshallah. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah? So inshallah, you have to do this homework. This will be shared with you, the whole write-up. And inshallah, you have to submit it. Okay? And do it today. Don't wait till tomorrow. It doesn't have to be fancy. Okay? It doesn't have to be very long. Just reflect on it and write it. Go ahead. Okay, the question is, do we have to write our name? No, you don't have to. Okay? You don't have to. Because you might want to share something very personal. Right? So you don't have to write your name. Okay? But when you will submit it, we'll have to make sure that you have actually submitted it. Okay? Inshallah. Before it's opened up, before your paper is opened up, it will be checked if you have submitted it or not. Okay? Inshallah. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna fatahna laka fatham mubina. ليغفر لك الله ما تقدم من ذنبك وما تأخر ويتم نعمته عليك ويهديك صراطا مستقيما وينصرك الله نصرا عزيزا نصرا عزيزا الله will grant you a mighty victory he will help you with a nasr, with the help that is aziz. Meaning, that will strengthen you such that you will never suffer any weakness. So apparently it seems like weakness, but in reality, it's not weakness. He will strengthen you through this. So have hope in Allah. And expect the very best from Him, no matter what loss you suffer. <laughs> 